know, we've been on this series all in, and God just put, dropped those words in my heart, and, and, and we began to just minister to you on it. And then this past week, I was just praying again about it all, and, and the Holy Spirit dropped what's next in. So today, we're kicking off a new series called Closing the Gap. Everybody say, Closing the Gap. Now say it like you mean it. Closing the gap. And we're going to kick this off. We'll do it probably about four weeks, maybe longer. But, but what I want to realize, you realize is we've been challenging you to, to determine what it is and how to get all in in your life for certain things and, and all things really, especially relating to God, your family, your health, your career, your ministry, and so on. And, and as we've been challenging you to do that, the Holy Spirit said, I, I, taught, I, I, I gave you a tool not long ago and you've been applying it in your life. Anybody think I look a little fitter? Anybody, do, I, do I look a little, come on now, don't be, three of you. So, well, I, I applied this to my life. And, and, and you know, like I told you, the way you make a decision is OPA, O-P-A. Number one, you gotta know the outcome you want. Number two, the purpose and the why behind it. And number three, don't just put action to it. Get mad at it if you have to. Put what? Massive action at it. And then I had to understand the why was, I've tried to lose weight and do that. You know, you get a little older and done that stuff and it's kind of okay. But when I really got my why to look, I'm sick and tired of not having the physical energy to carry the vision God gave me to carry. I'm sick and tired of not having the physical and emotional energy to be all I can be for my family, to be all I can be for the family of God, be all I can be for my family. I'm sick and tired. I'm just finished with it, not having the physical energy, which gives you the emotional energy. So then you can attain the spiritual energy and anointing you need to do what God has called you to do. So anybody sick and tired of anything in your life? Is there just anything? If you are, just stand up and shout, yes! Come on, yes! See, you, you just got, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a participating preacher, so you know, if you want to just sit there, there's a couple of those churches, well, there's bunches. You don't even have to move. I mean, you can just sit there. It's, it, it's like, Goldie, what is it, Goldilocks? It's too hot, it's too cold. It's too loud, it's too low. Look at your neighbor and just tap and say, you ready for this? No, come on. If you're going to do it, are you ready for this? Hmm. So you got to make decisions. So, so my whole goal over this next month is to help you put action to what it is that you are designed by God to do while you're on this planet. Do you know that while you're on this planet, this is the shortest existence you will ever experience? Whether you're here 80 years, 100 or 120 years, that is not even a blip in eternity. So we got to determine whether I've been here 10 years, 20 years, 40, 60, or 80, or 90. I got to determine, am I being all I can be for God? When I stand in front of him, will he say, good job, well done, my what? Faithful servant. You see, you're not going to be measured by Dalton's responsibilities and Dalton's not going to be measured by your responsibilities. You will be measured by God whenever you get in front of him by the responsibilities he has given you. Hmm. Today in a moment, you got a sheet. Don't get it out yet. We're going to briefly go over it and then I'm going to get into the meat of what's going to inspire you to do what's next in your life. You see, whenever we look at our life, 
Well, 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 get it out and just look at it. Just get it out and look at it. Hold it in your hand and look at it. Now, if you notice, this is like a wheel. I call it the wheel of life. See here? It's like a wheel. We're not gonna fill it out today. You're gonna do it when you get home or not this morning. But it's like a wheel. If you imagine that as a wagon wheel or whatever. And we just put some topics up here. Friends and family, that can be, you know, multiple things. You can have uh, family, friends, coworkers, career, relationships. It's about relationships. Significant other can be your spouse. It can be who you're dating, who you're believing for. It can be... Uh, key people, family members, parents in your life that are significant to you that maybe you need to up the relationship with. Personal growth, that, that, I put several in for me because in personal growth, you know, because like I shared with you, happiness equals what? Does anybody remember? Does happy, happiness equals what? Progress. What? Progress. progress. If you don't have some sort of progress, you will never be happy. Because success is a science. There's a science to how you can improve certain areas of your life, whether it's financial, relationships, on. There's a science to it. But fulfillment is an art. You see, we see people that are multimillionaires, some of them worth hundreds of millions and even billions, and they commit suicide. So we know money is not the answer. We see other people that, that, that have great relationships and don't have a lot of money, and they, they take their own life or they take it through addiction or whatever. So it's not about what you have and don't have. It's about you coming into a place in your life of balance and bringing that balance into fruition and begin to hit the targets that God gave you to hit for you. You see, what we got to understand is every one of us were created in the image and likeness of God. And when we give our life to him, our spirit that was abiding in a state of death is what? Born of what? What is it? Born what? Anybody? Okay, two people saved in the house. What happens when you give your life to Christ? You are born? You are born? So when you're born again, that means the old you was abiding in death. But 1 Corinthians uh, 5.17 says, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, now you are what? A new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. What? All. What? Some? No. All things have become new. And so I want to ask you, do you live like all things are new to you? Hmm? Or do you live like the old you? Well, the truth probably is somewhere in the middle. We have some areas of our life we live like the new us and other areas of our life we live like the old us. You see, your history, you don't live through your history. You assess your history. You model from your history. You learn from your history. You grow beyond your, your history's back there. If I'm trying to drive on a four-lane highway and I'm looking in my mirror the whole time, I'm gonna crash. And we look up sometimes and wonder, where did I get all these knots on my forehead? Where did I get all these knots in my marriage? Where did I get all these knots in my relationship with my children? Where did I get all these knots in my relationship uh, being a son or a daughter? Where did I get all these knots in my finances? Where did I get all this, these bruises from, from in my health? Where, where, but because you're not focused on the new you and who God designed you to be to the max. So when we look at each one of these areas, you can fill them in when you get home, but like for me, personal growth has to do with 
growing in my relationship with God, my devotions, my private time with God. He's Abba. He's Daddy. He's not just Lord and Savior. He's more than that. He's Daddy. It's about uh, self-development, whether that's learning something to lead others or being a leader, growing as a leader, learning and growing in your career, learning and growing how to minister and do the Great Commission, learning how to take care of your health and take care of your, your mind and your spirit and your soul. So personal development. Then there's fun and leisure. You can just fill that in. And then there's a, a home environment. And, and, and so what's going on in your home environment? How is it with your family? How is it with your kids? What's the atmosphere in your home? Are you excited and can't wait to get home? Or are you like, I could drive on by for a week if I needed to? No, where are you at in your home environment? Your career, that's self-explanatory. And, and, and also, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, guess what? That's a career. So, so just put that in there too. Motherhood, business, volunteering, whatever it is. Money, uh, your finances, and, and I don't have to go through all the lists. What are your finances, your savings, your investments, and all of that, accumulation of things to help you with that. Your health. Now, like I opened with you that, that I set a goal about three, maybe three weeks ago, max three weeks ago, and I just set a goal that I wanted from where I was lose 25 pounds. And, 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 and I started immediately, and I've already lost 13 pounds from that. And, and why am I saying that to you? Because if you're going to set any good goal, people need to hold you accountable. So when you look at me, go, hmm, Pastor, you're going on the upside again, brother. What's up with that? So, yeah. What? But see, I've tried to lose before, and I'd lose, then later gain back, lose. But when I determined that I want to build my emotional energy, I want to have the energy I did, better energy than when I was 18. I want to have better energy when I was 20. I want to have great energy to be in meetings, to dream, to have visions and dreams, to do the things God called me to do. Remember I told you last year, it's been almost two years now, when I turned 55, when I turned 55 a year and a half ago, right before that, didn't I, Miss Gwen, I said, God told me, Here's what God told Dalton. And God's told you a lot of stuff. You need to determine what he's told you. Because you'll be held accountable. Your, your spouse may not. Your parents may not. Your preacher may not. But, but you, you will be accountable in that day when you meet the Lord. But God said, I will give you the last 30 years. Didn't say in my life. The last 30 years of your ministry from 55 to 85 will be the greatest years you ever experienced in ministry if you do one thing. Because I, I was already seeking him. I, I was already doing my best to live as holy as I can. And, and I'm not perfect like you. I make mistakes, but I repent. I'm already doing all I can do to love my family and to do. And, and he said, here's the thing you got to do. I said, what's that? He said, get your health in order. If you'll take care of your health, the rest of it, you're going to have 30 years of the greatest years of ministry you ever had. Yeah, it's all right to clap. One person clap. Come on. That's good stuff. That's good. Do you want your preacher to live? you want him to go? Well, you doesn't mean I'm only pastoring you when I'm 85. Doesn't mean you even be here when I'm 85. But what it does mean, no matter what I'm doing in the kingdom, whether it's here or all over or whatever, I will be doing more and doing it at a higher rate and more effective than I did my first 55 years. Oh, come on, give God. Say, well, preacher, you know, the rest of these are self-explanatory. Yeah, preacher, you know, that's kind of, you know, preacher, that's kind of... See, 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 that's why you get what you get. Look at your neighbor and just pat him on the shoulder and say, he's not going to pet you. Come on, say it like you mean. He's not going to pet you. So, you know, we're not the petting church. 
We're the provoking church. My goal is to provoke you when you walk out of that door. I can't wait to get back. This rocked my life. I want to do something for God or I can't wait to get out of here and find somewhere calmer that I can fit in. But I want you to make a decision before your feet hit the pavement outside this house. Because I, I don't have time in these last years to wait around on people. They either on or they off. If not, they get left behind. You can sit right there every Sunday and be left behind. It's your choice. So when I talk about close, you say, well, how'd you get from all in to closing the gap? When we look at these experiences we have here in that wheel, every one of them pertain to different areas that are critical to us. And you will make it clearer for what yours are. But you got these six or so, or could be more, areas that are critical for your life. So if there's not balance in your life, then things are going to be bumpy, right? So here's what I'm saying when I say close the gap. Let's, let's put that second uh, deal up if we could. The, the second one, do you guys have it? The, the second illustration. Okay, so as you look at this illustration, it's brighter over here. So as you look at this illustration, it's got career, health, family. So if you notice those spokes going out and the different colors represent where you could be in each of those areas, those pies there. So you can leave it up there a few minutes, guys. So what happens is when I'm closing the gap, the gap, let's say, is this on that. So if I'm going by finance or I'm going by, you say, well, romance, this is a church. Well, I sure wouldn't want to be married to you. Anyway, so, 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 and probably not the person you're with may not be. So you might want to work on that. So here, so, so look, so we go zero to 10. Let's say one to 10. You're living, so you got a one. So you look at an area of your life like career or friends, or help, and you say, okay, I gotta look at it, where am I at in that? Well, maybe in my business, I'm a seven. Great, okay, where are you at with your family? Well, family's been a little rough right now, we're probably at a four. Well, where are you at in your health? I might be a two. Well, where are you at in your finances? Oh, I'm a nine and a half. So you, you get the feeling of what I'm saying. So when we start looking, each one of you will go through, will go from one to 10 on each topic. And I want you to be real with yourself and check it with your wife, guys. She'll be real with you, right? And, and be real to yourself, one to 10, and, and put where you're really at and say, okay, I'm a three, I'm an eight, I'm a two, I'm a nine. Maybe you're a 10 in a couple of years. That's good. So then just like the little draw the dot lines, you just go around and draw the lines and just follow like that. Then imagine you don't have the outer loop. What kind of circle would it be if you were like this all the way around? And if you had to depend on that to get you somewhere a wheel, your life would be Anybody ever feel like your life is a little frumpy and lumpy every now and then? Anybody? I mean, most of you are perfect, I know, but no, come on. Say yes. yes. So if it is, so I know mine is. I'm still working on it. So I'm going to give you some tools today through the scriptures as well as some techniques that we get from a verse of scripture that you can immediately apply to your life. Now, when we look at gaps, here's what I'm saying. So if I got a one here and a 10 here, what am I talking about? Well, a one here is where I am. Say I'm at a three 
in an area, say my fitness, for instance, since I'm doing that right now. So I'm at a three. But I'm at higher levels in other areas or maybe even lower in another area, but it's not as important because if I'm not breathing, I can't do anything anyway. If I'm not alive, it don't really matter, right? So, so I'm at a three. Okay, when I look at that and I say, okay, here's one, I'm at a three, here's number 10, that's the standard. So from three to 10. Now, no one can determine your standard for you but you. You see, we talk about it here. We talk about the success-failure curve. We see this. We see that uh, whenever you talk about the success-failure curve, you looked at a chart that's like this, people that live up here in a success curve versus people living in a downward trend in their life toward failure or totally in failure, what would you say the rate of people that live a successful life that are trending up? How many, that they're up here already at a seven and they're continuing going. What would you say the percentage is? Just shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, that's three of you. I said, everybody shout it. We're a participation church here, right? Right? Help me. This will help you keep awake too. It's good. And it helps the preacher. I don't have to, if, I, if you're yelling, I don't have to yell as much, right? So I don't like him yelling. Well, you yell. Praise God. So, so on the count of three, I'm going to ask you, what do you feel it is? From what, what that, uh, what I say, oh, the, the success, how many of you believe they are living in success, in a success curve, seven to 10 or higher in their life in general? And on the count of three, shout your number out. One, two, three. Ten. One, two, three. Ten. One, two, three. Ten. So what did we get there? Five, 10. Anybody higher than 10? Wave at me. Yeah. Yeah, right there. She pointed at her and she said, no, I'm pointing at you. He started saying, oh, after I had you say it a few times, y'all brought it up. Actually, only 5% of people live in a success curve where your life is not only up here, but it's continuing to trend up. That doesn't mean you won't have some down times, but trending up. 95% of the people on this planet live in the failure curve. You've been somewhere in your life and you just kind of, Well, I'm just getting older. No, that's just an excuse. Well, you know, I'm not educated enough. No, that's just an excuse. Well, you know, I just don't have people or resources. No, that's just an excuse. God didn't call you to have resources. He called you to be resourceful with the resources you have. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house now. Preacher, just say preacher, preaching. Just say preacher, preaching right now. So if we want to close the gaps in these areas, we got to do what? We got to look at the areas in our life, be real where we're at, and raise the standard. Now, if I'm raising the standard, what does that mean? Whatever standard I believe physically, I thought, I said, well, right now to get me to about an eight from where I'm at about a three, I, I need to lose 25 pounds, but in that I only want to put stuff in my body that gives me energy. So when I got the why of it, I, I'm not here just to lose weight. I'm more here to make myself healthy and strong and to have more energy to burn. So if I want to burn more energy, when I started that, did a cleanse, got some stuff out of my body, then I just started 
pouring and I continue to pour more things that give me energy than that subtract energy in my body. And then I got in this wheel and it's almost like losing, I've been almost losing like a pound a day, really. And, and why is that? Because I'm continuing on this trend. If it gives me emotional and physical energy, then what am I going to do? I'm going to keep eating that, drinking that, doing that. So what happened? Let me tell you, does anybody know sugar don't give you energy? Carbs, they don't give you, you know, give you a little burst for a minute. And I'm not doing like the keto or Atkins to the max. I'm not doing like all, because I, I found out with my body, I have more energy with greens and vegetables than I do a little bit of meat. And, and, and I have a lot more energy. So I'm like, you know what? What do I want? More energy or to be satisfied 15 minutes and feel like, you know what, for the rest of the day? So, you, you say, so what's your standard? You say, well, well, what was your standard? Well, my standard when I set this goal three weeks ago was not where I'm even at today. My standard was 20, was 11 pounds heavier than where I am, 13 pounds heavier or whatever, where I am today. So it's 11, I think it is, 11 pounds heavier than where I am today. See, I can have in my imagination what the gap is and the standard is, but in reality, the standard is where I'm at right now. You gotta get this, you gotta be truthful with yourself. So if you're married, you want to be a 10, living under the success curve means I take responsibility even when I'm not wrong. Living in a failure curve means I've always got someone else to blame or it's their fault. You know, if you're, if you, if you're not handling your money well and you're losing money and you can't live week to week and it's the government's fault, you know, it's my boss's fault, if it raised my salary, what, 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 what? How about spending less until you make more? Well, you know, preacher, I'd like to give. I'd like to tithe. Someday I'll tithe. No, you won't. Not until tithing becomes your standard. Well, when's tithing your standard? When you put it in the first day, that's your standard. Now, that doesn't mean you can't start and say, I'm gonna give 2% consistently. I'm gonna give five. I'm set, my standard is 10. My standard's way above 10%, but my standard is 10. So, so maybe I'm gonna say, I'm gonna set a 3%, a five, but I'm on my way to a 10. What happens is every time I reach that incrementally, what happens and give a time limit on it, what happens? All of a sudden I get momentum in my faith and who I am and where I'm going. Whether that's business, family, Spiritual growth, financial growth, relationships, whatever it is, it works. Now, hmm. so the way that we change our gap is through desire. That's one of the keys. Because if you're going to perfectly change your gap, it, uh, it takes desire to do that. And you can't have desire for something you've never targeted. Well, I desire to be fit and healthy and have a lot of energy. Have you written it down? Have you even decided what your target is? Till you decide what it is and got it written down or typed down somewhere, then it's not a, not a standard. Now, here's the power. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, robo sarada did he say? We know that scripture, right? That um, all people, what is it? All things are possible to who? Them that, what? All things are possible to who? Them that believe. What's possible to them? 
I want to ask you, do you ever talk to your things? You ever talk to this thing right here? Straighten your thing out, your body out. You ever talk to your mind? You ever talk to your spirit? You ever talk to your economy? You ever talk to your kids? You ever spoke? I'm not talking about just talking to them. I'm talking about talking. I'm talking about releasing all things, the possibilities. When you set a level, that's a standard. Now, the advantage, you and I have an unfair advantage over the world. They understand goal setting. They understand a lot of that, and that's good. But we have a resource that sticks closer than a brother. We have a resource that sticks closer than a parent. We have a resource that's greater inside us than anything happening to us or around us. We have a resource from another world. We have a resource from the one who created the world. But are we using it? All things are possible to who? Them that what? Believe. Well, pastor, anybody here know what belief means? If you do, on the count of three, just stand up. Give me the quick, short definition of what belief is. One, two, three. Stand up. Belief is what? Belief is word. Tony? Action. Trusting. Let me give you a simple one that will help you. Those are all part of it. Belief is what? Belief is the feelings I have from the certainty of what something means. Belief is the feelings I have from the certainty of something I believe or I give meaning to. You see, I can say, I, you believe in holiness? Yes, I believe in holiness. I believe in holiness. But it could mean differently to you than it does me. Do you walk a life of faith? Yes, I walk a life of faith. Okay, your meaning of faith and what you believe faith is is probably not the same exactly as mine. Well, if we say, you know, let's get healthy. Okay, you set a standard for health, I set a standard for health. They'll probably not be the same. We, have, we each have feelings attached to whatever we have certainty about. And I'm gonna get into that more in a few moments. So when I realize that, that's why God said in Romans 12 too, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? Renewing what? Renewing what? Your mind to do what? Prove. What is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will? How do I renew my mind? Oh, preacher, you mean you can renew your mind? It didn't say your mind renews you. The problem is our mind was given to us by God to help us survive, to learn, and to grow. But if I don't plug the proper stuff and program the proper stuff, the word of God and other truths into that, then I won't have the proper actions and outcomes I need. You see, you don't allow your brain to ask questions. You have an unfair resource. You can do it from the word and your spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you and your spirit. And you can begin to tell your goofy mind to get in line with no, that chocolate cake won't give me energy. No, that cute secretary over there is not what I need right now. No, dropping the last little bit of money I got and opening a credit card to get that big television set. Say yes. yes. Oh, come, say yes. yes. But we operate like Barry Manilow by feelings. <laughs> well, brother, how do you feel about that? Let me see. Ooh, I feel good about that. Or I don't feel good about that. 
Well, why do you not feel good about it? Maybe I feel good about something Miss Gwen don't feel good about. Why? Because my belief, my feelings are attached to what I'm certain a meaning of something is. If I'm certain that that's the meaning of something, then my feelings get going on it. And I have the emotion and the energy. Well, what are you talking about? You see, the way we're created, our mind operates through a nervous system as well. It's an organ. But once you get a thought in your mind, it begins to affect your nervous system. If I sit here, that's why God said, how you enter into his courts? With thanksgiving and praise, with gratitude. So you enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. You can't get to the holy of holies without thanksgiving and praise. Can't even get to worship without thanksgiving and prayer. Giving thanks and gratitude for God, who he is, and for what he's done in our life and what he will do. Look, 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 look. So, so as I get that, what happens? Whatever thoughts I allow to go in my ears and my eyes trigger my nervous system. And my nervous system trigger my emotions. So if you're feeling down, it's your fault. You, you, you ever know anybody that, that is very depressed and it's sad? I'm not making fun of it. It's very, I've been there. I've given you my testimony. And they take depression medication, right? And they're still depressed. Anybody know anybody like that? Just wave at me. Just, you know, say yes. Well, why is that? You can get something to soothe the feelings and numb you. But it still robs you of your clarity, your energy, your strength, your anointing. Why, why, why? Because you haven't dealt with the root of the problem. The way you get rid of depression is you break the pattern and change your focus. What's changing your focus? Setting a new standard for your life in an area. Getting focused on that by the power of the Holy Ghost and God and begin to go toward it. And every time that thought comes of a mistake you made or someone abused you or hurt you, you forgive them and then you just go over here and put your mind on something, the flowers, how pretty they are, get in the word, get your worship on, call somebody that loves you and you love and you can talk, you break the pattern and you start building up emotional muscle. Now, now, now I'm really gonna rock you. Anybody tracking with me? If you are, say yes. yes. That's about 20%. Anybody tracking with me? Yes. Okay. Anybody ready to close some gaps in your life? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I want to move this wheel in my life and I want to get more balance in my life, then what I want to do is maybe... I keep everything else maintained, but I take 30 days to get some breakthrough in one piece of that wheel. Maybe that's the way I do it. And I put massive a action on it, but I keep doing the other stuff. It's too difficult to try to, you might do two or three at a time, but it's difficult. I'm right now doing one. And then when I get to a certain level, then I'm gonna do a two or three. It's different ones. Some you just maintain while you get your breakthrough on the one. What's the one most critical right now? That's the one I want you this week to focus on. We'll talk about it at the end. So, what's the scripture? Anybody know the scripture? Philippians 4.13. Anybody know that? Shout it out. Everybody knows it on the count of three. One, two, three. One more time. One more time. 
Give them a big hand. That's good crowd participation. Now, the Apostle Paul is the one the Holy Spirit used to deliver this to the church, right? Philippians 4.13. Now, when we look at that scripture, I know me, a lot of times I would just lump that scripture into one statement, depending on the mood I'm in and the problems I'm facing. If it's something impossible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm not even thinking through, baby. I'm thinking, it's all you, Jesus. Take the will, Lord. It's, if it's something I feel pretty confident, I can do all things through Christ. But the problem is, is when we take that as one blanketed statement and we make that our belief system. But look what Paul did. The reason Paul was successful, why is that? The reason he was anointed and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament under, the, impre- under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, why? Because of those first few words. What did he say? I can do all things. You see, we want Christ to work in our lives, right? We want Christ to give us breakthrough in our finances, our health, our relationships, ministry, career. Anybody want breakthrough somewhere in your life? Shout yes! Yes! Okay. So I guess that just depends. That starts with God because, you know, it's his responsibility. Whose responsibility is it? Paul Paul sets it right there. What did he say? He said what? I can do all things. He didn't say I through Christ can do all things. Preacher, that's heresy. Well, if you're in unbelief, it is, I guess. But if you're in faith, it's not. You just got it. Say, I got it. If I can through Christ do all things. No, no, no. Paul said, I can do all things. Now look, through Christ who strengthens me. If I don't use the resources I have, then it ain't faith. I think James says it like this, doesn't it? Faith without works is what? So that means I can't separate action, works, from what I believe. If I truly believe it, I'm acting on it. Now, you can have a philosophy of it. You can have a knowledge of it. You can have, yay, understanding of it. You got that, yes, you got that revelation of love, but are you lovely to everyone? You got that revelation of faith, but maybe you have faith in your health, but not your finances. You, no, no, no. Faith without works is dead. Now, the Bible also teaches us fight the what kind of fight? The good fight of? And it teaches us that what? Faith never fails. So if faith never fails and faith without works is dead, then no works, no faith. I know it's a four-letter word. W-O-R-K, right? So... The reason you get in fear and nervous over certain situations is because you have certainty about the outcome that's going to happen. You burn your finger on a kettle a few times, you learn to keep your hand away from the kettle, right? Kettle. So now, Paul said, what? I can do all things, what? Through Christ who strengthens me. 
So if you read it that way, I can do all things. So what if you operate from a belief that you could do all things? Because when you have the belief that you can do all things, you just gave God something to work with. How do you get saved? Anybody on the count of three, shout it out. How do you get saved? One, two, three. Faith, that's part of it. That's part of it. Now let's put it all together. One, two, three. It's a popular scripture. I get saved by what? My God, we got three people going to heaven. That's something. I mean, I, I think I need to back away. Praise God, I'm one of them. We are saved by? 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 What is grace? God's unmerited favor. Grace is also Jesus himself. He came as grace so we could receive eternal, so we could receive salvation, right? We are saved what? By grace through faith. You've got to have both. So you can't be born again without what God gives you and, and without using what he gives you. He gives you grace. Everyone has a certain level of grace and everyone has a certain level of faith even before you're saved. But here's the key. You have that certain level of faith, but you can't activate your grace until what? You take action. So if we begin to put action with the attitude, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but we really emphasize, emphasize on the I can do all things. I can, I can do, I can do all things. And we start doing that. W would that change how we deal with obstacles and challenges in our life? Yeah. If you get up and say, well, I mean, I, I, please don't ever get in this pulpit and do this. I won't rebuke you publicly. I probably won't even say nothing to you. I'll just try to get through whatever you're doing. Well, they asked me to do this today and, you know, I'm not quite ready for it, but Lord, just give me strength. <laughs> but they've been crying and complaining to sing and they get to sing and they say, well, Lord, just give me the strength. Honey, you should have decided you had the strength back when you decided you could do it. And if you can do it, God will strengthen you to do it. But you gotta believe you can do it so you can believe he can give you the strength so you can have the outcome. See, we're putting responsibility on someone else. A lot of times we throw it on God. We get mad at God. God, why are you not providing for me? Well, what have you done for you? God, why am I broke? Well, God might be looking at you and saying, I've been trying to do something for you. You ain't giving me nothing to work with and you're not even taking care of what I already gave you. So what would that do with your career? What would that do with family and so on? So you gotta first identify those gaps. Now real quickly here, let me give you just three real quick beliefs that can change everything for you. And I'm gonna just kind of highlight them because we don't have a lot of time, but I wanna get them in you. We'll probably go over them some more. Three key beliefs that will help you to change everything. Now, these three key beliefs. Now, a belief is what? A belief is something that I have the feeling of certainty the feeling of certainty about its meaning. 
See, that's why a lot of times you find out how much your spouse loves you, not when he or she is doing great or he, you or they're doing great, not when maybe you've had a good economy, uh, uh, income and you got laid off and, man, would she even stay with me? We're losing cars, we're losing stuff. And you find out how much she loves you. You see, there's problems on this planet not to hold you back, but to grow you spiritually. What if you looked at a problem and it was not there as an obstacle, but it was there as a tool to make you better and greater for God? Which person would you want to follow? Oh, no. I'm going to follow Linus with his blanket. No energy, low energy Linus. I'm going to follow Linus. Or are you going to follow that stupid, crazy dog, Snoopy, who thinks he's taking out the Red Baron and he's got his hat on and he's flying around on his doghouse? You, 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 you want Snoopy to lead you or you want Linus to lead you? So, so you got to make up your mind what you believe. And it's so important that we understand that's why we feel the way we do. That's part of it. The other part is where you put it in your body. Those are the two things that make you feel the way you feel. Now, so if we get it from this scripture. What was the first half? I what? Say the scripture with me. I? One more time. You know, there was a preacher one time and he preached the same message about five straight Sundays and finally the elders and the demons, I mean the deacons got him off and, and they had to have a meeting with the pastor. And they said, pastor, I mean, it's, man, you're a great, greatest preacher in the city and, and this is a great sermon. We love his sermon. I loved it the first time. I loved it even more the second time. It was pretty good the third time. It was okay the fourth time. The fifth time I'm ready to vomit. Preacher, do you have anything else to preach? He said, have you done anything in the message yet? See, we want the preacher to give us more, but we ain't done nothing with what he gave us. We want God to give us more, and we haven't used anything that he's given us. God, give me more. What have you done with what you got? Say, he's hot today. Say it, say, he's hot today. See, I set a standard for how you will respond. So you, I'm going to stay after you from now on until I get you to that standard. And it might be a while. See, I got to set a standard for you when you're in this house, but you got to set a standard for yourself how you come in the house. So. Stop that. Quit that. Oh, we're late. I need you to be late. You do that. Okay. Well, let's get her coffee and give worship a little bit to get going because whew, I'm not feeling it today. Well, you don't feel it because you don't believe it. Well, it's too loud, it's too low. It's not this, it's this, that. It's a, no, 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 you don't believe it because you can worship God in any situation, any trial. Any, come on, that's good. I got some energy right back. I'm gonna preach to that little section right there. So, so, so don't just change that word feeling and put belief in there. I just don't believe it. I'd rather somebody just tell me, I don't believe it, that I don't feel it. No, you don't believe it because the certainty you have of the meaning of whatever that is, you have these feelings because you don't believe it. Quiet in the Holy Ghost house now. Somebody better tell the preacher to go on. He gets stuck on that for a while now. So look now, so, so, so what is it? Belief. So, so I can do all things through Christ who believes 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, here's the number one belief. I'm gonna give you three quick highlights here, highlights. Number one belief that can change your life and help you fulfill what you're gonna put on that wheel. The number one belief is this. Everybody say this. This, this must change now. When you look at your standard, stop making an excuse for what your, well, my standard is holiness, but you gossip, you lie, you lay. My standard is success, but you rob God and you tip him. Remember that message about a month ago on Ananias and Sapphira? You can't give God part and hide part. You gotta give all. Whenever you get to the point, you see, we think a decision is when we think it up, conjure it up, and decide. No, a decision is not anything until there's action put to it. Everybody say, action. God, you're tired already. I'm the one sweating, people. It's action. So, so look at this. So, this must Change now. Four simple words. Your son or daughter's addicted. This must change now. You've been diagnosed with sugar diabetes. This must change now. They just towed your car off. This must change now. That, 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 she just walked out the door. This must change. Change now. Everybody say now. now. The first part of belief and the belief that you got to have to operate the scriptures of God, to be in relationship with God in intimacy, to know and to trust him. What is faith? Hebrews 11, one, faith now is what? Say it, one, two, three. Now that's Miss Gwen and about five others. I, I've said this for 19 years, I'm gonna give everybody a chance to get in when I count to three. We start out, I'll give you a clue. Now faith is. So if you don't know this, maybe that's why your believer is messed up and your goals are messed up and your outcome is at a one instead of a, the saying. So the first part of Hebrews 11, one, now faith is. And I'm gonna count to three and you start with now. Get in a rhythm, at least fake it real loud and I might go on and not embarrass one, two, three. One more time. I can't hear y'all in the back. Y'all must have so much faith back there. I mean, I mean, man, nobody but the back third of the church say it right now. Just as loud as you can on the count of three. One, two, three. Now in the middle of the church, one, two, three. So this whole section has no faith. God bless you. This one, ha the front's not operating. So the middle of this church is doing okay. These wings over here, we'll give the middle one more chance on the count of three. One, two, three. No, no, no. Everybody, one, two, in the middle. One, two, three. It's better. Now, just the front third of the church on the count of three. One, two, three. Now, 
Now everybody together, one, two, three. Anybody know how you get faith? The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, right? By the word, but what do you do with the word? By hearing the word. You get faith by the word and by the hearing of it. So the best way to hear it is speak it out yourself and you really hear it. Give God a shout. You'll have more faith just because of that. So the first principle is what? First principle is this must change now. It's the first belief. If you want to change anything in your life, it can't be a could. It can't be a should. There's too many Christians full of a bunch of should. A bunch of could, a bunch of I would, living in the past. The only way that your past can hold you back is if you're living there. Because faith ain't back there. Faith is now. Let me give you the second belief. So the first one is what? This must change now. And then the second one, just so I don't get off track, because I always want to put the third one in front of the second one, and I, I shouldn't do that. The second one is this. This is where we get to the success, success part. This is where we get out of blame. I must change now. Now, that's got to be a belief for you. First one is this. What is this? You see, where you're at right now, this place you're in used to be you're that. You're there. But now you're living in this or whatever you settled for when you had a goal to be there. And maybe you got three steps or eight steps or maybe you got there and you're just staying there. Wherever you're at now at one point was you're that. But now it's your this. So you start out with this must change now. Then the second belief is what? This, I must change now. If I'm going to close the gap, I got to take responsibility. Well, I just don't like, you know, the atmosphere of the church. What are you doing to help change it? Or I just don't like the way, you know, uh, this looks. What are you doing to help it? What are you, same with your family. What are you, well, my kids don't really seem to like me. Maybe you don't like your kids. What have you done to make them like you, to help them like you? So, so what is it? I got to take responsibility. I must change. That's one thing. Say, yeah, I'm going to change. I'm going to stop walking in a fence. Praise Jesus, Lord. What'd you say about me? What'd you say about me? You don't have no must. You musty. Jesus, musty. But you not must. Isn't that something you can get that, get that, get that, that, that word must. Certainty. Gotta happen. No should or could or would. But then you can get, ooh, that's musty. Ooh. It's got some odor to it. Because that used to be your must and you haven't moved beyond it yet. You got to get a new must. Oh, come on now. This must change now. And then what? I must change because the needle is not going to move on the gap to be closed unless I move. And I'm not going to move unless something changes because if that was the case, I would have already moved and I'm not moved. I'm just right where I am in my health, in my wealth, in my relationship with God, with my family, with my friends, with my career. And let me give you the third one and we'll close. I, I really was going to preach these three. Well, I know the third one. That's pretty easy. 
So, the, what's the first one on the count of three? Shout out with one, two, three. And the emphasis is on what? This, right? What's number two? One, two, three. Now here's number three. I can change now. Now isn't that rocket science? I mean, that's complicated. You want to change the world for Jesus. First of all, it's got to become a must. I got to be, I want to change the world. I want to be a missionary. They're not even a missionette yet. They haven't even missioned their family yet. I want to be a preacher, but you're not living right yet. You don't understand authority. How can anyone give you a pulpit if you can't submit? But I'm hearing God. Well, then you need to understand what God's authority is. It's line on line and precept on precept. He puts a person in charge and then a person reports to them and a person is called delegated authority. God is ultimate authority. He sets one in a charge of a certain ministry area. That's delegated authority under God. Anyone in, operating in that, it's delegated authority. If you get out of alignment, it's like your body being out of alignment. You don't function, function right and you're not healthy. Same thing with anything else. Hmm. See, Paul said it, right? I can do. You know, a lot of things, most things. No, he said, I can do. What? Through? Who does what? So if you want to change the world, if you want to change your health, if you want to change your family, if you want to change your ministry career, your relationships, what's the three things that's going to have to happen on the count of three? Shout it out at me. One, two, three. One more time. One, two, three. Now give me a good one and we'll be done with it. One, two, three. Get up and shout, Jesus, right now. Come on, get up and shout, Jesus. Come on, just like you're standing face to face with God right now. Give him a praise. Come on, give him a praise. Just, 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 just stay standing. If you believe this helped you at all today, on the count of three, shout yes. One, two, three. One more time, one, two, three. See, 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 my goal now this next month, so you might want to hide out the next three weeks if you don't like this. Is, is anybody ready to close the gap in some areas of your life? You are shout yes. Come on, are you ready? Now, 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 you can take that sheet home and you can play with it to get them categories to fit you, but my charge this week is you pick one area that you want to put massive action in. One area. Now, massive action doesn't mean you go out here and do something stupid. It means you put your plan together and you set a reasonable plan to reach your goal, but it might take three different uh, seasons to get to that goal or 10 different seasons that you're going to start. Now, like me, I really originally set a goal, well, I'd like to lose 15 pounds, you know, and, and so if I'm going to lose 15 pounds, well, you know what, I'd lose... Eight pounds, 10 pounds, 12. And that was over a year. 
period. I mean, that's like, you know. And then I just had to set it. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. And in less than a month, I've already lost, I don't know what it is. I was two, 215, and now I'm a little under 190. Well, this morning I was 196 because what I, I ate good stuff, but I ate late. I was 195, but, but, but in three weeks. But really, 10 days of that three weeks is what I've really been focused on. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm losing weight. I'm saying that because my goal is the why. It's not about looking different so much. I, I like that part. But it's really about giving me physical energy to do what I'm supposed to do on this planet. To be the husband, the father, the pastor, the leader, the man I'm supposed to be. To have emotional energy to want to grow, to want to learn, to want to move forward. So whether you got a bunch that you want to do, pick one out today. When you get home, pray about it. Pick one out and then tell somebody what it is. So I had to set a goal that wasn't just 15. I had to set a goal of 25 pounds. And then that way I want to get down to, I want to get down to under 185. So somewhere around 183. So I was playing with this thing a year, over a year ago at 225 and I got down to 215 and I got down under 210, but I just kept going back and forth between 206 and 215. And then I just said, it stopped being a should, a could, a would, it had to become a must. And now I'm seeing greater momentum in it now. That's the same way with your money in giving and receiving. It's the same way in relationships. There's a key relationship in your life. Focus on it for the next month. Really focus on it. Start putting a plan together of how. I, 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 sometimes I'm coaching people. One of the things they say, like guys, like, well, I really wish I had a better relationship with my wife. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, let me help you. They might be multimillionaires, and I'll say, well, okay. Here's what you do. Start, start, start putting a plan together. But here's where I want you to start with. Start thinking how amazing your wife is. Yeah, but she's not quite amazing. She's good, but no, 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 no. See, that's your problem. You get in the standard you expect. Start speaking out loud to yourself in your prayer life. What a beautiful, amazing woman of God. Hot, anointed, gifted, talented, blessed woman of God she is. And start speaking it until you're crazy enough to believe it. But even if you can believe it twice as much as you do now, it's going to take you a long way. And then every chance you get, talk to her and just compliment her. And Yeah, but I can't compliment her if she's doing wrong. Yeah, you can. That's lying. No, that's prophesying. That's what that is. That's speaking over what you. And same way for you women, for those men. You're speaking over. You're prophesying. You're not lying. What will happen? We reap what we sow. If I sow love, I get love. If I sow peace, I get peace. If I sow joy, I get joy. If I sow money, I get money. If I sow influence, I get influence. If I sow and set under authority, I get authority. You get from what you give to. You know, there'll be people even in this church, you know, over the years, and they'll give more to outside ministries. Well, outside ministries are great. It's just not scriptural. You give to your storehouse first. Then the windows of heaven open up. And then you've got overflow to give to other ministries. So if you're, if you're out here giving more to another ministry, I don't care if it's your own. Number one, that's not giving anyway if you give it to yourself. So, so, so I know it's a shock to you, but it's the truth. So if I, if I want to be a giver, I don't just give money. I've got to practice giving in things and situations and giving time and giving service. Giving is not just one area. 
giving is all areas. You're either a giver, a contributor, or you're not. So if I want to be a person that gives, I'm a contributor, then i got to give in whatever situation I'm in, and I'll always get more back in return. You want your hand shook? Give your hand out, and you'll get it shook. So I want to ask you right now, I want to ask you right now, man, are you ready? Are you ready for what's next? Are you ready? I didn't say you're going to do this, get it done in a week, but I'm not going to put limits on you. Paul already figured out the only limits, Mark, that he had was the limits he put on himself. I can do, you know, most of the stuff if God shows up on time. You know, I, I can do all things through Christ if he'll strengthen me when I need it over the right area. No, I can do all things. If you take that attitude, and, and remember, the word desires comes from the Latin, and that word Latin, in the Latin desires means of the Father. So the desires, you know, we get this from, well, the desires in your heart. Well, you need to make sure they're desires from the Father. And once you get the desires of the Father, and you begin to believe those and put some action toward them, everything starts to change.